Hello and welcome to the Hinterviews podcast with Peter Hinton, produced by the National Arts Centre English Theatre and coming to you from the Panorama Room of Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa. I'm Sean Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the eighth and final interview of the NAC English Theatre's 40th anniversary season. In each episode, we will take you into the intimate world of the artists and creative minds behind productions on stage at the National Arts Centre English Theatre. In them, Artistic Director Peter Hinton chats with a guest artist associated with the production. In this interview podcast, Peter speaks with Montreal Centaur Theatre Artistic and Executive Director Roy Surrett about the differences of theatres in different cities and co-producing productions with other theatre companies, such as the NAC Centaur co-production of The Comedy of Airs, which ran at the NAC Theatre April 7th to the 24th. For more information about the NAC English Theatre production of The Comedy of Airs, please visit nac-cna.ca. Click on English Theatre. And now, here are Peter Hinton and Roy Surrett. Everybody. Oh, wow. Good afternoon. Welcome to today's interview. Uh, our interviews are, as you all know, a, a series we do where we interview people related to the productions that we present. And we have a very special guest uh, today. And uh, this interview is uh, not only about our production of the Comedy of Errors, but about our producing partner. And we're going to talk about partnerships today, about our national mandate today, and how the comedy of errors comes about to be done with the Centaur Theatre. So before I invite you to join me in welcoming our guest, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Our guest today is Roy Surrett, and Roy is the artistic director of the Centaur Theatre in Montreal. For the NAC, you might know Roy's work as a director. He directed Willie Russell's Shirley Valentine, starring Nicola Cavendish, who was just here in Mrs. Dexter and her daily. He also directed Dorothy Dietrich's When We Were Singing, and the number 14 appeared on the NEC stage during the Governor General's Awards. And if you saw Skydive at Magnetic North, that fantastic piece with those two guys uh, in those machines. Hmm. Um, that was at Magnetic North last Instruments, June. Peter, instruments. Instruments. That was just something that <laughs> we used to get all the time. Now, Roy began his... T- <laughs> Here we go. His tenure <clears throat> as artistic and executive director of Centaur Theatre in November of 2007. He is a native Vancouverite who studied at Studio 58 and graduated in 1979. In the early 80s, he was the Associate Artistic Director for the Carousel Theatre in Vancouver and Western Canada Theatre in Kamloops. He was the Artistic Director of Touchstone Theatre in 1984, company acclaimed for innovative and provocative Canadian works. In Vancouver, Roy has directed award-winning productions of plays by Bryden MacDonald, Judith Thompson, uh, and he went to the new, oh, the number 14, which is an incredible show, 
went to the new Victory Theatre on Broadway and the Royal Alex in Toronto to Belfast and to Hong Kong. Uh, recently, Roy directed Mom's The Word 2, Unhinged, for the Arts Club Theatre in Vancouver and subsequent productions in Glasgow, Melbourne and Ottawa as part of the BC scene. Uh, he was artistic director at the Belfry Theatre in Victoria uh, for many years, having directed many, many uh, Canadian plays. And uh, currently, uh, he has just opened a production of a play called The Madonna Painter by Michel-Marc Bouchard, translated by Linda Gaborio, that just opened last week. And that's currently running at the Centaur Theatre. Uh, so please join me in welcoming Roy Surratt. Thank you, Peter. So maybe, Roy, we could start and you could tell us a little bit about the Centaur Theatre and uh, its place in Montreal and the kind of work the Centaur does. And, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I have now been at the Centaur for about two and a half years. I am a Western Canadian by, uh, by birth, as you talked about. Uh, so it's fairly new to me. I, I, I always loved having conversations because, of course, you were in Montreal for an era just before. You were coming here just about when I was... Yeah. No, you were, you were a little bit ahead yeah. of me. Um, just arriving in um, Ottawa, just uh, ahead of me coming to Montreal. The, the Centaur Theatre is celebrating, about to launch our 42nd season. So we had our 40th anniversary uh, last year. We're in our 41st now. And um, it was founded as a, it was basically founded by Morris Pobre and his wife Elsa Bolum who Elsa just recently received her Order of Canada. Uh, and um, it was a, a very small entity in a lot of ways, but they took over this building, which was the first uh, actual stock exchange building in Montreal. It's in old Montreal on St. Francis Xavier, and it's this gorgeous old building. Uh, but back when they started, unlike some of the regional theatres that are across the country that were, I think, fondly called the String of Pearls and invested in in a, in a, in a big way. This was, uh, you know, borrow the chairs from the restaurant next door and borrow the <laughs> payroll from the board member on Friday and hopefully the box office receipts will cover it um, uh, and, and be paid back on the Monday. So it started as a small entity. Uh, Morris Pobre was originally from South Africa and uh, spent time in Britain and came to Montreal to teach at the National Theatre School. So it had one of those uh, small beginnings, but yeah. it has evolved into becoming Montreal's major English theatre and has uh, served the English language population for 42, 43 years. I think it's been a fascinating evolution. They've done a lot of new works over the years, a lot of works by the likes of David Fenario and Vittorio Rossi and um, some of the earlier translations of Michel, uh, Michel Tremblay plays and uh, a lot of plays from South Africa. Althea Fugard was introduced to Montreal through Morris and... Peppered through that, I would say, a, a fair amount of classical work, not, not as much as, uh, as some regional theatres, but there was always an interest, I would say, probably in the Centaur's history, it's about every five years a Shakespeare might find its way onto the Centaur stage. But primarily there's a, an emphasis on um, plays from Montreal that are unique to Montreal, plays from the Canadian repertoire plays from the international repertoire, like, like a lot of theatres in Canada, an opportunity to see some of the things that are being done across the, the universe, and uh, some classical. 
weaved in there when we can afford them. <laughs> when we get a great partner like the National Arts Center that allows <laughs> us to do things that are larger than we might normally be able to do. Yeah, it's, it's funny because when we have partnered with the Centaur Theatre in the past, uh, it has been, um, our, I think the first big partnership was the play Balconville of David Fenario. And uh, then uh, certainly Michelle Tremblay mm -hmm. with uh, the pleasure of seeing her again also with Nicola. Nikki Cavendish. Um, so it's unusual, I think, that the partnership this time is on a Shakespeare yes. play. And um, what is that, as an artistic director, where the bulk of the work you're doing is new work and stories about Montreal, um, and I found this when I was at the Centaur, is the audience there were like, okay, are we mm. gonna understand this? And uh, what's with the Shakespeare? Yeah. There's a kind of politic to contemporary work versus classical work, living playwrights versus, you know, yes. de dead white guys, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. What's your take on that? How do you see classical work and contemporary work? Because you've directed classical work too. Right? I have directed classical work, but it's been a while. I, this is my 25th year consecutively being an artistic director. I was, uh, I don't know, isn't that crazy? Oh my crazy? gosh, that's wild. I know. I was 12 years at Touchstone Theatre, which was a, at a small theatre, and I was 10 years at the Belfry. And, uh, and this is, as an artistic director, the first opportunity I had as an artistic director to program a classical work partly because the mandates of those other yeah. companies was, was more contemporary. And the nice thing about the Centaur is it really, it's nice and it's a challenge. Anything could go. Our, our mandate is to, with an emphasis of, uh, of for an emphasis of Canadian or in, and contemporary work, but, and works from the classical repertoire. So there's virtually nothing we can't do. So um, I think it's a really great, exciting opportunity for the audience and for the artists. And my response was to your phone call. Peter phoned me and said, I got this idea and talked about the evolution of working with when Douglas Campbell, yeah. God bless him, was with us and, and his wife Moira Wally initiated a series of workshops. They're That's lovers right. of the classics. And you actually had your first opportunity on that front to work with Montrealers on this particular play. And I understand that they proposed Titus Andronicus or something, and you said, no, I would love to do Comedy of Errors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Douglas Campbell, as you all know and remember, right, was one of our greatest classical actors. And when he moved to Montreal, he got so excited about the actors there. And he tried to save the Piggery Theatre in mm -hmm. North Hatley, and he did an incredible production of Twelfth Night there with some of the actors who are in this show. Ah, yes. I believe Marcel was in that. Yes. Marcel Genet. And um, so he set up this uh, workshop reading of, of all of Shakespeare's Roman plays. Right. They did a reading of Antony and Cleopatra, all four hours and 30 minutes of it, and uh, Julius Caesar. And so he said... Do Titus Andronicus. That would be a good one for yeah. you to do. Lots of blood and gore. And I went... Right up your alley. My reputation yes. is terrible. Uh, but I knew there was all these great comic actors in Montreal. Eh? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a great signature of the Centaur too. is you guys do comedies very, very, very well. And 
comic plan. You have to have a sense of humor to live in Montreal as an Anglo. <laughs> Especially as an Anglo, you have to have yeah. a kind of a, a scrappy resilience and a good sense of humor. Yeah. So we just, uh, and Comedy of Errors is based on a play by Plautus. Its source is a Roman source. So Douglas went, well, I don't know, really. All right. <laughs> that would and uh, so we did it, and, and uh, it was, you know, a, a day-long rehearsal and a reading with just, you know, no costumes, no sets, no staging. And uh, I was just knocked out. Yeah. So when, I, when Roy came to the Centaur, I went, wonderful, we really should do something together. And I thought, well, here's a kooky idea. How about this? And um, I'm so happy that... I phoned you and yeah, you. Um, and I probably said, "Oh, Peter, it'd be great. It's too big. We can't do that. It's too big." I mean, we we do a fairly large yeah. compared to some theaters. We do some fairly large work, but I think we'd already had uh, a couple of our pieces lined up for the year yeah, that right. were, were large. And you know, that was a gain where it, it's great to have a, a partner that is able to you know really step to the plate in terms of supporting the the resources, and, and it was also the fact that you were very excited having spent that time in Montreal and knowing that acting community better than I did, and better, I'm growing to know them more, of course, over the time that I'm there, but you you had that vision about who would be great for what and how it would work, and the fact that, I, I believe after the workshop, we had, we had Deborah and Danielle playing the Dromeos, if, and if you've not seen it or you're seeing it today, they're delightful, and I think Douglas at the end of that uh, workshop said to uh, Dan- Danielle, well, isn't that wonderful to be able to do a workshop of a part you would never get cast in? <laughs> and there they are, uh, playing they the are Dromeos doing and doing a magnificent the, job. The Dromeo twins are the servants, and they're male. And uh, I'm a great believer in just cast the best actor for the part. And there were these two women in Montreal who are funny, sort of look-alike, so we cast them, and they play them as guys. So yeah, uh, with sideburns. There's no you know. comment intended. Shakespeare, right? Yeah, uh, had boys play the girls, so it's in the same spirit as that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's it, a bit of that in this too. Yeah, so it's fun watching them in the dressing room, putting on their sideburns yeah. and getting into their whole thing and stuffing their packages. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bird seed, I understand. Bird. Anyway, um, little, yeah, they got yeah. The, all the parts. <laughs> Too much ready. information. Um, I wonder if, do you think you know when you hear us talk about uh, our co-producing partner or the co-production, what that means or what that entails? No, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about sure. that because it's a very interesting and important part of for us at the NEC being our national mandate. How do we create plays for an audience here, largely in Ottawa, but how do we go national? How do we support and reflect the work that's happening all across the country? And I think co-productions are one really important way of doing that. Now, you co-produce at the center. Quite a lot, yes. Quite a lot. More even since I've been there since uh, than in the past, but yeah. And I, I kind of come... Having spent a year, uh, 10 years in Victoria, which is a fantastic place, but very isolated, we did a lot of co-productions in Victoria yeah. with companies from out west and with uh, companies from Toronto, et cetera. And uh, actually, when we were singing, the one I staged here was a co-production. So, yeah. I, I, And I've always loved that. I love the way it broadens your base of partnership, and it's, it feels like such a great collaboration uh, 
with your theatrical let, colleagues. Let me ask the question yeah. for some of our audience here. What is a co-production? What is different between if you were doing Comedy of Errors just and called me up and said, we yeah. want to do it, and Pete, do you want to direct it? And right. I talked to Nancy and say, I'm going to go to Montreal Off. for five weeks, bye. Right. Versus doing it with us. What are the differences? Well, it would have been closed and it wouldn't, Ottawa wouldn't have seen it if we had just had you come as a guest director. I mean, ultimately, it it lengthens the run of the show to more than one city. And the actors and the artists and everybody involved has the opportunity to experience the show freshly in a way with a new audience and with a, a, a new environment. Our theaters are quite compatible but quite different your stage is about three times the size as ours if you open it wide up and yet you know so you have those kind of challenges but ultimately technically it allows you to combine your resources to do the pre-production so you share the costs a lot of it always comes back to costs you share the cost of pre-production and then when the when the show moves into whatever city it's playing in the um, hosting company sort of resumes the costs and benefits from the revenues of it. But I think it it enables companies to do larger ventures. It enables you to maybe work with artists from different regions and mix and and match and uh, collaborate with... um, I think that's one of the most exciting things is you get to know a little bit more firsthand what it is like to work with artists from the city that you're collaborating with. I mean, some co-productions are more like a a touring production from another company. But when it's a co-production, usually there's a conception of working together to determine the the team and the casting. And Peter came to Montreal before we even announced what we were doing, right? We said uh, we were looking at doing a Shakespeare and that's how you found a a couple of the younger actors, Braulio and Adrian. We just said, come in and do some audition pieces for for Peter and I and... uh, some classical pieces, and uh, they were scooped up into the into the casting pool. It's a really um, I enjoy the influence that it has. Like that day you're describing, where we sat down and I think we saw ninety actors in three days, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. You know, we're sitting there and they do a modern piece and then a classical piece, and. And maybe you get a chance, could you try it this way? You know, but you see all of this talent. But it also, it takes you out of your own um, thinking Mm -hmm. to be able to have those discussions with you and go, yeah, that person is really interesting or... Yeah. You know, it, it uh, is very stimulating creatively too, yeah. isn't it? Well, and because directing can be very isolated. Actors are always, there's an acting company and who's there's two people that are always in the room, the director and the stage manager. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it's, I, I think one of the things that's exciting about even conceptualizing co-productions is to have those discussions. I mean, Peter had obviously very strong and clear, I think you said, Think about it, said it during the festival, the socks and underwear festivals of Montreal, <laughs> which, you know, Montreal's famous for its festivals, but there's the street fairs where they, you can buy, you know, five pairs of socks for $2 in a bundle or there's underwear hanging in racks. And back then I envisioned that that's what you were going to have was lots yeah. and lots of underwear. Uh, <laughs> you'll be happy to know that's not where it landed. Uh, and it's an amazing contemporary set that still reflects and still looks like aspects of well, any contemporary city, but there's all those beautiful touches that make it very Montreal. Yeah. Have, have, do you know these festivals in Montreal where they close off the streets and they, 
in the summer is a great, they always do a big set in June mm-hmm. and another big set of them in September. Yeah. And the streets literally close down and every merchant brings out their st- overstocked whatever from the winter and clearance. Like, um, so, you know, we used to joke and call it the Festival du Underwear and Socks. <laughs> That's and usually it was, it was the way it was always found to be the week that it rained the most in June. <laughs> it was, right. you know, they were always under these white, you know, awning yeah. little kind of things about the size of the stage. And uh, it was, it's always pouring. And it's such a great, beautiful connection to me because when I think of what London in 1593, yeah. a port and people from all over coming and the energy of comedy of errors when they yes. talk about the mart. Mm-hmm. And I met him on the Mart, and we had this exchange and stuff. It makes me think of those crazy yeah. festivals in Montreal, like yeah. the streets packed, and everybody got something to sell, and yeah, uh, chaos it felt really, really right. Chaos and commerce. Yeah, yeah. So that, like, a co-production for us, like the Drowsy Chaperone, co-produced with a company in Vancouver and a company in Edmonton. And so partly it just makes it affordable for us. I mean, we have the same issue. We got a little show like Comedy of Errors with 12 people in it. (gasps) It's expensive. And it makes it possible because we, Drowsy Chaperone, we could partner with. Um, Mother Courage, which is a big, huge show. We partnered with the Manitoba Theater Center and Comedy of Errors with Centaur. Mm -hmm. It makes it financially possible. And then you get this great... All the benefits of Artistic that. Yeah. cultural exchange. Yeah. yeah, like to bring to have where the blood mix is here must have been very satisfying. Yeah. You know, just with the West Coast connection there and with Kevin Loring's connection to you as an artist already. Either, I, I, I think it's true that even 15 years ago, there was artists that I identified, I know, with... BC, for example, right, with Vancouver, Victoria, that scene. And I would think of the work when you were at Touchstone Theatre and when Morris was at Centaur at that time as worlds apart. Right. And I think it's very different now. Yes. Partly, I guess, because you're a Westerner running the Centaur, yeah. which was kind of wild. Like, I remember, didn't one of the papers, actually, when you were announced, say, who is Roy Sorrell? Yeah, Roy who was the headline. <laughs> Which yeah. offended me. I was like, what? how could they say that? This, but it said something about our country, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you, you know, as, a, as another artist who has worked across yeah. the country and spent time in cities, and I've been really blessed and fortunate to do that too, they are pockets and communities. And I mean, even for, for our actors to come up the road two hours from Montreal is so exciting for them. Like, so last night was a beautiful opening performance. They were, it was, the, the place was alive and they mm. were so thrilled to be able to come to Ottawa, to the National Arts Centre, and, and, and they love the audio audiences. I've got to go home now and deal with our Montreal audiences, apparently. Um, I mean, just in terms of uh, more familiarity with seeing Shakespeare, as you started off, uh, our audience wondering about, with their kind of uh, penchant for more contemporary work, wondering what it would be like to see. They they don't see as much Shakespeare. There's repercussions and a nice company that does work in the parks in the summer, but it's not something that is as familiar to a Montreal audience. And, uh, And, And we've done a Shakespeare here every yeah. Every year, certainly, except for one year, 
with me, but and with Marty Meriton every mm-hmm. year too. So our audience has seen a lot yeah. of Shakespeare and enjoys to see that. Where that when when we did comedy at the Centaur, and there they have two theater spaces there, um, Centaur Two, where comedy was, and Centaur One, which is a slightly smaller, more like our studio theater, was a play by George Rideout called uh, Michel et Tijan which was about a meeting of Jack Kerouac and Michel Tremblay. <laughs> Fantastic. In a bar. With a pool table. With a pool table. <laughs> two, two actors yeah. talking about would Michel Tremblay ever amount to anything. Right. <laughs> yes. And you could, the energy of your audience with that play. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I'm watching going, our audience, they would appreciate it. Some would. Mm-hmm. But would it, it mean would the have same? this energy? I yeah. don't know. Like, because that Montreal audience was yeah. like, "Yeah, this is our story," and yeah. I know that place. And it, the play was set the year that uh, the year that uh, Tremblay had his first great success with Le Belsoir, and uh, the same year that Kerouac died. So he uh, Tremblay takes a bus down to Florida and finds Kerouac in a bar and he basically wants to get his endorsement. He wants to get him to read his play. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. I was very And you have to know Le Belsoir. Yeah, it because helps. Because they talk about the play through the yeah. whole play. Yeah, they do. In the scene where this happens and yeah. this happens. And I'm going, this whole audience knows exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. It's and although well, well, there's as many reference to all the Kerouac work, and I mean, yeah. most people know like on the road, but do they know right. all the all the more ob- obtuse ones? I, I think that was one of the credits to George's writing, as he tro- yeah. sort of made it. Like often is the case is you learn things about things when you're in the theater. Sometimes it's the subject matter, or sometimes it's a theme that uh, you only have peripheral understanding. But a good writing will actually take you along the ro- the, the path with that, won't it? Yeah. So I, you know, I observed our audience going uh, to comedy bearers, going, "Well, we saw Michel et Tijan. Is it like that?" And I'm going, mm. uh, "No, uh, yeah. it's not like that." And so I, I, I think that's a very interesting exchange too. But isn't that one of the most exciting things about our jobs as artistic directors is to go? I don't, I don't think you want to see the same thing that you saw last month next month. I think one of the yeah. things that's so fantastic about theater is, is it, it's a myriad of worlds, and each each play that you embark on creates its own world, creates its own uh, universe. And yeah. um, that's what I love about it. Uh, to go from uh, the Madonna painter, which is running right now, is kind of dark and gothic, and it's set in 1918 Lac Saint Jean during the influenza epidemic, and a, a priest <laughs> is trying to rekindle the faith, faith of the village by commissioning a Madonna painting. It's very different than Comedy of Errors, and uh, <laughs> and we're ending with Trudeau stories, which is uh, some of you may have seen it here yeah. as, as part of Magnetic North. Brooke Johnson's beautiful story about her uh, friendship with Pierre Elliott Trudeau. But uh, I love that. That's what my favorite part is the fact that you can do so many different things. Next year we're doing a musical called Schwartz's about the, about the deli. <laughs> you it's know a, Schwartz's deli? The, the first smoked l- meat. Uh... The first line is smoked meat. Can you write a play about it? And that's the That's, that's the, the first song. line of the play. That's the first, <laughs> the first strum of the guitar. Yeah. My favorite thing at Schwartz is I used to live right behind Schwartz's oh, on yeah. Saint Dominique, and Schwartz's <laughs> actually has a, a thing on their menu called the fat plate, uh. 
and it's smoked meat at every, you know, fries, yeah. poutine, the whole, the whole nine yards, the whole yeah, nine yards. Yeah. Oh, I know it's going to be dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous yeah. indeed. Do you, you know there was a time when um, the centaur was so identified with theater in English, Montreal, and there were all, I remember my brother. Uh, Anglophone going to the centaur, and that was his cultural opportunity. Yes. And I don't know if that's so true anymore, as the city's more bilingual. Totally, yes. And there are less solo Anglophones there. Mm -hmm. uh, do you find that in your audience as a shift? Yeah. Because I noticed we had a lot of Francophone-speaking oh, yeah. people yeah. come to see Comedy of Errors. Yes. And, uh, of course, at Michel et too. For something like Comedy of Errors, the opportunity to see Shakespeare in English, because they do do Shakespeare, right. but Shakespeare in translation isn't the same. It isn't Shakespeare. Uh, like TNM does quite a, yeah. quite a quite a number of uh, Shakespeare's plays, but they're of course in translation. But no, that Peter is, has obviously and certainly evolved. I mean, the uh, the there was a place time when the centaur was the English culture, the bastion yeah. of English culture. And that's just not the way the city is anymore. And uh, I think that's wonderful. I, I, I'm still just trying to struggle my way through learning French, even though my last name is Sorette and I should be able to yeah. uh, speak French. Growing up in Vancouver, I, I didn't really, even though my father was a uh, Acadian Francophone from Alberta, I never learned. And none, none of my... Is that uh, right, eh? Yeah, That's none of my great... cousins, none of my generation, we all left the wow, Catholic Church and okay. none of us learned French. Who knew? Um, huh. But um, it's uh, it, it, it has evolved, and we're uh, we're getting more young people, which is fantastic. And we're but we're also in that dilemma as a as a theater company, in that most people who live in Montreal can go see things in French or in English, and there's such a vibrant French theater scene, and has been for years, and a star system for that. You know, the people that you'll see in your French. TV programs are usually the ones that are on stage, so it can become That's a little bit uh, right? of a competition in yeah. a way. We've we've had a bit here too because yes. if we do a play by Wajdi Moad, yes. a lot of our audience have seen it in French. Yes, yes. So they're comparing yes. how it's different in English than French. Yeah. Where you do that play in Toronto, and no one's ever seen it before. You're yeah. The, it's yeah. A, but there's a nice national interest in the Quebecois repertoire, isn't there? Like yeah. that's always been the case I remember growing up on. In fact, ironically, I think I saw a lot more Tremblay than most English people in Quebec would have seen because there was a point right. where Michel Tremblay did not want his plays done in English in Quebec. It was, I think, for the pleasure of seeing her yeah. again, which was kind that's of the, right. the opening of the door. And that was actually with the Centaur that uh, a new partnership came up. Uh, whereas I grew up in Vancouver and the Arts Club used to do a Tremblay play every year or two. I saw Claire Cole who you'll see in the, in the play, wonderful actress, do Demne Menon Sacrosandra with Heath Lamberts yeah. and, uh, oh, you know, Bonjour la Bonjour with Susan Wright and uh, a lot yeah. of, uh, and Hosanna when uh, Richard Manette toured it, that amazing production. Yeah. And Hosanna that you did a little later on at yeah. the Playhouse with uh, right. John Moffat. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and I, I, I was a little bit surprised how, 
isolated sometimes, going back to that notion of, of how we have different communities across the country, our artists, our artists can get fairly isolated. It's hard to make a living as an artist, and sometimes it's hard to look up and see what's outside your doors. It's one of the things that's really wonderful about Magnetic North, which uh, the National right. Arts Centre co-produces every year, is it's an opportunity for different plays that come from all across the country, uh, and artists come across the country, and you can see like 10 plays in five days that come from coast to coast. And you, that's where we brought... Uh, Skydive was on the NAC stage last year with yeah. that. And uh, um, there's all sorts of... It's where it's in Waterloo this year, right? Kitchener-Waterloo. Yeah, that's right. But there's always a, a great... Um, I think it's one of the things that answers that question of how we're bridging the gap gradually in yeah. terms of being a little bit more cognizant of each other's communities and each other's pools mm. of artists. You know, I remember David King who's a playwright who lives in Vancouver. And uh, I was working on a play of his, and I said, this is fantastic. Like, have you sent this play to people in Toronto? Like, it should be done. I was living in Toronto at the time. And he said, you know, I have a better chance of physically throwing my script <laughs> over the Rockies <laughs> and it landing on someone's desk than me having it read by an artistic director in Toronto. Is that right? And he, and he was being funny, but yeah. he was serious. Yeah. And I don't know if that's so true anymore. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. How uh, we are reaching out or talking a bit more. You know, would there have been in the 70s yeah. uh, an artistic director of the Centaur Theatre from Vancouver? Right. Yes. Could that have been imagined in our... Well, my predecessor was actually from out west originally, though, too, oh, right, Gordon? Gordon? Right. Yeah, yeah. From so. Saskatchewan. Or? Well, he was a UBC graduate, so I, well, I, I don't oh. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, well, there's organizations like, well, Paula Danker, yeah, who yeah. wonderful literary manager, dramaturg here, was at the Playwrights yeah. uh, Workshop in Montreal. And uh, I met her about when I met you in Vancouver at Playwrights uh, Theatre Centre. There are uh, a handful of organizations that are devoted to the development of new plays. And I think, th and, and most of them have gone from original mandate to a more national mandate. And so I think it does allow more cross-current, you know, artists and residents will come into Montreal to workshop a play. Sometimes the local playwrights are going, why are they bringing in somebody from Halifax or from Vancouver to workshop their play when we've got plays that need workshopping here? But I think you have to have kind of a larger sense of the picture of what the benefits are of, of mixing and matching the artists or introducing maybe our acting community to the plays of, uh, yeah. of a Halifax artist. Or, yes. Do you think? Ab absolutely. And, and I, th I love that we can include classical plays into our thinking. Because I think what goes in hand in hand with that is there, there was an idea at one point that there were people that did classical theater and people that did contemporary theater. Right. And both you and I, I think, shared a benefit of leaping a little bit betwixt and between. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great thing to do because if you start making classical plays holy relics, that cannot be reinvented or touched, they become dead, they become museum pieces. And if you don't apply the discipline and tradition of a classical work to a new work, you know, yeah. they have a lot to inform each other. And that's, because, I, I, you know, working on Comedy of Errors, because these actors, like Lenny Parker, who's an amazing, and some of you might recognize Lenny from her ex extraordinary television work, where she's been on Earth, Earth 
final, final conflict. conflict. And there's a little in-joke for all the Star Wars references. There's Great. a little homage to our Lenny, but <laughs> this is the first time she's ever done Shakespeare. I know. It's unbelievable know. to me. As an actress of her skill. Yeah. And why is that? Because she ended up doing a lot of contemporary work and people mm-hmm. went, oh, she's a modern actress. Right. She can't do it. Right. And Says who? Yeah. And you know, not and, as many opportunities. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the cast, I know in anticipation of this, they were nervous about that. They were very excited. Peter is such a wonderful, like a teacher as he's directing that. They, they, uh, the, the words of, uh, you inspired them throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. And I think it really has paid off. And you'll see some really beautiful performances in this show. And, uh, but they were nervous. They were re- very scared. It's, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you've tackled it in theater school, but uh, don't get a chance to do it very often, I mean, I haven't done a, a, a Shakespeare myself since I was at Carousel. I had Colin Fiore on roller skates playing Petruchio in gyms and driving, <laughs> and driving the van. <laughs> and driving the van. Yeah, you had to drive the van. It's and funny, it though, that that happens. An actor the other day said to me, well, when I say this line and I get the laugh, should I wait for the laugh or just come in with the line? Right. I said, well, what, you know, always, like, let the laugh have, don't let it kill the line, but don't right. kill the laugh. Like, so it's the same as doing a modern comedy. Right. right. Yeah, uh, there's not a secret Shakespeare rule for right. playing a lot. But I know why they get caught in that, because... The verse. We have, we have done that. We deify Shakespeare and think, you know, with our students that come, they go, is it okay to laugh? And you're like, yeah, yeah it's called the comedy of errors. Yes, uh, please I do. I hope so. Like... <laughs> The Scottish play, not so much. You don't want <laughs> as many laughs, so but there. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you, Roy, very, very much for joining us this afternoon oh, in this conversation, pleasure. and thank the Centaur Theatre, who we've had such a great time partnering with. And I urge you, if you're taking a trip to Montreal, it is only two hours down the road there to go and visit the Centaur Theatre and to see the work that they do. It's a marvelous, marvelous theatre in our country. Please do it. So uh, thank you very much, Roy, and thank you all for coming this afternoon. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. That's all for this edition of the Hinterviews podcast. Send us your comments and questions. You can reach us by sending an email to hinterviews at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nac-cna.ca slash podcasts. There you will find our past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also easily find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Search on Interviews. If you'd like to stay in touch with news and updates from the NAC English Leaders, sign up for free e-bulletin by visiting nac-cna.ca slash email alerts. You can also find us on Facebook. Become a fan of the NAC English Leader on Facebook by entering NAC English Leader into the search bar. Until next time, this is Sean Fitzpatrick for Peter Hinton and Company saying goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa.